Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. <laughs> Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and catch your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Well, my friends, got an interesting question for you today, and it's the title for the show. All things right could be wrong. Well, think about that. Our entire life, we've been told that this is right and that is right, and there's a right way and a wrong way and a good way and a bad way. And yet, the other day I was uh, just hanging out on the Internet looking at, uh, and watching and listening to uh, self-help videos and motivational stuff, and all of a sudden one of my own videos came up from a long, long, long time ago. And I thought, ah, that'd be interesting to see what I used to say and what I, you know, how I acted and what I felt about life. And it was interesting because I was talking about something way back when, 30 years ago, 25 years ago, where I had made this connection that almost everything that I was told in life to be true was not. And I think it had to do with um, a book that I was reviewing called Pulling Your Own Strings by Dr. Wayne Dyer. And it talks about the fact that everybody out there wants you to do something the way they want you to do it. In fact, they want you to do exactly what they did and exactly the same way they did. And I was making the point that that many times uh, allows them to keep you where they are so that, you know, nobody wants to really you to get ahead of them, to move on past where you're at. Another reason why if anybody ever figures out how anything works, they don't want to give you that information. They want to kind of keep it secret because, man, if I figured it out, I don't want anybody else to get it, uh, then they could catch up with me. Then I'd have to figure out something else. I'd have to work harder to get ahead. And the whole thing is just getting ahead. It's not really where you want to be. So I started pondering and thinking about the things I've been told my whole life that were right. And then I later found out to be completely wrong. Interesting, huh? Completely wrong. And so I can't get by this without throwing in the, the old goodie from my youth diet. My whole life I've been told 
that you have to eat like the pyramid, the food pyramid, if you can remember that, if you're old enough to remember when they used to push on us the food pyramid, and that some percentage of your diet should be this, 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 and this, and the farther you went up the pyramid, the less of it you should eat. And that food pyramid has led to more people being diabetics in this country than any country in the world. It led to kids now all being 200 pounds in fourth grade, just like I was. I was 200 pounds in fourth grade. Of course, I ate the way they made me eat, the food pyramid. All of the low-cost, high-carbohydrate foods that you can feed your kids for next to nothing, and none of the really good stuff, like meats and fish and proteins that are expensive. And so you just feed your kids garbage, cereal, right? You feed your kids garbage, rice and beans and all that stuff, and they just get fat. And what's worse is not only do they get fat, they destroy their ability for their insulin system to work, and then they become diabetic, stage two diabetics, not stage one. They're not born a diabetic. You made them a diabetic. And your parents push this on you. I remember my parents telling me, you have to eat everything on your plate before you can get up and go play or whatever it was the incentive was for me to eat everything on my plate. And I remember taking food that I didn't like, sticking in my mouth and saying, I got to go to the bathroom. And I'd go into the restroom and I'd put it in the toilet and I'd flush it down. And pretty soon they got wise to that. And so I had to be smarter. So pretty soon I'd take the food and I'd put it behind the washing machine and dryer. And that lasted for quite a while until one day the smell got so bad in the bathroom, they pulled out the washer and dryer and found that what they thought was a dead mouse was really my food I've been throwing back there. Anything to get out of eating all the food they wanted me to eat, eat everything on your plate. That was theory. Now that's a... You think about it. I was watching uh, some of our kids, grandkids being raised by uh, parents of the, you know, people that really weren't our family, but we're watching them eat and I'm watching them feed these kids and the way they were doing it just blowing my mind. I mean, it's just amazing how parents force feed kids. If they don't want to eat, don't feed them, Right. If they're hungry, feed them good food. If they're not hungry enough to eat good food, then they're not hungry enough to eat. It's really simple science, guys. It's what we are. We're animals. We forage for things. Now, they can't seem to get that out of their mind. They just have to force feed them the things they want them to eat and when they want them to eat it, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because why? Because that's what they were told by their parents to do. And their parents' parents and the doctors of the doctors of the people of the people all of which are fat, out of shape, because why? Because the doctors of the doctors and the people of the people and the mothers and the fathers don't know squat about nutrition. Never had, never will, period. More fat doctors out there than anybody else. It's not like they have a, 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 a corner on nutritional information. They don't, right? So there I was, I was looking at that and saying, hmm, diet. We've been told so many wrong things about diet and... Then you can get into exercise. I remember when I was a kid, I was told that you shouldn't lift weights. Now, my dad was a golfer, table tennis. That was his sport, table tennis, golf. I'm trying to think. He was probably a track guy when he was in high school. But everything I was told, I was a football player, was that if you lift weights, it's going to make you slow. It's going gonna, it's gonna to impede your joint mobility, and you'll become awkward. Nowadays, there's not a sport alive. Not one, not even just pure skill sports that don't train with weights. In fact, not only do they not train with weights, 
There's hardly an athlete out there in this world today that doesn't take some type of enhancement. Uh, anything from steroids to growth hormones to every which way kind of things will change your body's ability to perform. Football players get busted every day. Baseball players get busted every day. And they say they don't do it, but they're all doing it. It's funny, even sports that don't really need steroids are using steroids. Because being stronger is better in sports, right? Well, not only that, nowadays just about every guy I know that's over 50 years of age is on testosterone. Why? Because your body stops producing it. And so you age and you become old and weak and tired. Why? Because your body stopped producing it. Take a little. Does it make you a muscle head? No. Does it give you roid rage? No. It just brings your body back to what you were like when you were in your 20s or 30s. Yes. But everybody you'll talk to said, nope, steroids should be illegal. It's bad. It's going to kill you. Everybody who ever took them died. Well, guess what? I don't think anybody has ever survived that one. Everybody, no matter what they take, dies eventually. So where am I going with this? Well, we're going to talk about some financial sacred cows today. We're going to talk about those things that your parents told your parents told your parents. And then your teachers and your attorneys and your CPAs followed them up, backed them up, and on and on. Until they became your way of life, your belief system as to what really is true about the world financially. And there's all different kinds of ideas out there. But there's some big ones that almost everybody believes. And I want to take some of those on today, taking them on in the past and take them on again today. But the bottom line is you've got to look at these things. There's just give you a hint. You think a 401k is a good investment? I'm going to destroy that thought today. You think paying off your home is the right thing to do? I'm going to destroy that thought today. Getting out of debt is the only thing that's important. Not even close. Take a short break. When we come back, we want to get into these situations and dig deep and find out, you know, really, what is it that makes these things sacred cows? Why? And do they really do you any good to have them? I think not. Most other people out there believe do, that these are something you should believe in, right? So as I've looked at these, I started wondering, is there any other way to bring this across to people so they understand it? And I came up with this concept called commitment. And when we come back, I'm going to share with you my concept on commitment. What would you commit to if you knew it would give you everything you want? Think of that. You've committed to something, and it's ended up making you somebody. What if you just committed to something else? So you would have ended up somebody else. Wow. Commitment, time, relevant to what? To who you are. You have what you do. You are what you've done. Take a short break. Be right back with the Del Wombly Radio Show. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Talk 1370. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Del Wamsley. Show today, I have dubbed this show and eventually the podcast that will come out of it, uh, All Things Right Could Be Wrong, Where's Your Commitment in Life? And what I'm meaning by that is we pick things in life we believe to be true, and we commit to those truths, and those truths end up creating our life. And so I picked a bunch of them today that I just, off the top of my head, thought, man, these are some really bad ideas that people have been given their whole life, and how my life has ended up in a much more financially profitable way because I didn't follow those rules. So here's the first one I wanted to share with you. It's, a, it's an interesting concept. And it's interesting because I want you to understand something Tony Robbins talked about. Tony Robbins had this concept in his book, uh, Unlimited Power. Uh, he talked about, be careful what you speak to yourself because words mean things. And words will manifest your life. The way you speak of your life will be how you manifest your life. So he said, be very, very careful. He said, when you talk to yourself and you have these soft, these self-talk moments, and I'm just paraphrasing this off the top of one of his examples and probably get it wrong, so I apologize, Tony. But um, giving him all credit for this, this is his material. But the concept was for him, he said, look, if you ask yourself, why am I fat? your brain's going to give you a good reason. It's going to answer your question. The question is, why am I fat? The answer is you eat too much food and you don't exercise. So you are a piece of fat. Then he goes on, so the better question would be, what could I do to not be fat? And it says, eat less food and do more exercise. And you think about that for a second, you know, that makes all the sense in the world. That's logical. It will work, but I don't want to do it. Then you didn't ask the right question, he says. Ask the next line of questioning, which is, how could I get this weight off and, right, and enjoy the process? So now he gives you, your brain gives you an idea, well, we can do this kind of exercise. It's more fun. I like this, right? And I can go on this kind of a diet modification, and I can accept those changes. And then you have to ask yourself a question, well, that worked. I got it on it, and I did it. I got off 20 pounds, and then the very next day is Christmas, and you gain 20 back. So you got to ask yourself an even better question. How can I get this weight off, enjoy the process, change the way I live for the rest of my life so that it will never come back? Now, that is the question that is a life changer. 
If you can answer that question, you can modify the rest of your life. And that's what I basically did. You know, I asked the question, how could I become a bodybuilder? Well, I became a bodybuilder. I lost all the fat, got lots of muscle. And then at about age 40, I go, man, working out four or five times a week for three hours, staying on a just almost barbarous diet of eating only certain kinds of foods. I asked myself a question. Is there a better way to spend the rest of my life? And my body quickly said back, you bet there is. Stop doing it. Stop being a bodybuilder. And then I started to get out of shape, and I said, oh, is there a way that I could stay in shape while not being a bodybuilder, while eating out at restaurants with normal people and having a few drinks? And, of course, my body came up with a way to do that, and on and on and on. For that point, I've been in shape ever since my whole life as relative to not being a big, fat pig, Okay gone up and down and how well or how fit I was at different points in my life. That's not, it's because life throws curveballs at you. But the basic underlying question has been answered. I know what I need to do for my body, the amount of food, the type of food, the type and amount of exercise necessary to maintain my body weight at a certain level, at a comfortable level, at a functional level, right? I also know how to get it big if I want to get it big and I actually, unfortunately, know how to get it skinny if I want to go and work hard enough to do it. So I've got that basic piece of information. It's now hardwired into my brain. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to get up. I don't have a journal. I don't have to journal it. I don't have to do anything. It's there. So then you go on to answer other questions. Like one question is, I'm going to commit. That's what I'm talking about, commitments. I am going to commit to something that's going to change my life forever. What if you change somebody else's life forever? I'm going to commit to put my kid through college. Now, that's going to take all kinds of plans. You're going to have to know where am I going to get the money for that? Am I going to save? Am I going to, you know, budget myself? Am I going to live frugally? Am I going to get a better job? Am I going to go create some passive income? How am I going to get the money that there will be money there when this child becomes of college age? And so I can work and save and work and save and work and save to have that whatever would be anywhere from fifty to 250000 depending on the quality of the education you're trying to buy for your child. What do I need to do to have that money when it becomes necessary to have that money? And hence, you'll find it out. You'll figure it out. You will come up with a way. You will have money for that kid when they get ready to go to college. And you'll spend that fifty dollars to $250,000 at a college giving somebody a job, teaching your kid to read books. When your kid gets out of college, they'll spend $250,000 and four to six years of their life to figure out how to get a job how to work for the rest of their life. That's what you bought them. You bought them the right to work for the rest of their lives. Now, I don't know. I guess that's really what you're thinking you're buying. It's really what you're wanting to buy. But in my brain says, why would I spend $250,000 to give my kid the right to work the rest of their life? They got the right to work the rest of their life right now. And I didn't have a college degree, and I just kept growing and growing and growing. You know, you can read after you get out of college. You can read and read and read your whole life. Never ever stop learning, right? Lifelong learner, as JB calls it. And yet, people believe they have to have that degree. You know, I've never once been asked for a degree for a job application. I've never once been asked to show my grades in any classes, even all the way up through the college level classes that I did take. No one ever wanted to see my grades. They wanted to know, what have you done? What can you do? What have you done? What skill sets do you master? Right? Well, I have a college degree. Okay, well, we can get you in minimum wage. We can start you at the bottom, work your way up. Same thing you're going to do with anybody. Start you at the bottom, work your way up. 
right? But that's not what I wanted. What I wanted was to figure out, okay, how can I come up with a way to produce an investment that when it comes time to need to put my kid through college, that I will have the money if they want to go to college, that I would have the money for them to go to college, be coming out of an investment. And so when they're done with college, I still have the investment. If I really wanted to be smart, instead of giving them the money to go to college, I could give them the investment and they could retire and never work a day in their life. Same amount of money saved over the same period of time, this child's lifetime before they go to college. Same commitment to come up with money, but a different process, a different belief of what should happen at the end of that process. And with that, your child spends that money, goes to school, and you're right, you won. They get a job and work for the rest of their life. But what if they don't need to work for the rest of their life? What if they could be retired? That's a completely different goal, isn't it? 34 years of age, I retired. I've seen hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands of people since then retire. Two to five years, two to five years, two to five years. That time spent in college could have been the time necessary to build a business to retire. Two to five years. Same amount of time people commit to college. Could your son or daughter commit to two to five years? of Same thing going to college, learning something new. That's what going to college is. Two to five years, learn something new, but at the end, retire. We'll take a short break. Be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we're talking about a concept of where is your commitment financially, and I've dubbed this show, All Things Right Could Be Wrong. Where is your commitment? And what do I mean by that? I mean that all of our lives we've been taught that there are certain things that you should do financially that are the financially right, quote unquote, thing to do. That when you look at them as you get my age, you look back and you see they're just the dumbest things I've ever heard of. They're dumb as a rock. And that's really probably mean to say because that makes you feel like you're dumb as a rock. But no, it's just your parents were dumb as a rock to teach them to you. And the people before them were dumb as a rock to teach them to you. To them, to them, to them, and on and on and on and on. Because... Nobody in my family has a 401k. Has a 401k. Why? Because it's the dumbest place in the world to put money. Let's talk about this. I want you to strap yourself to a commitment of putting money in an account that you can't touch for your entire working lifetime. 30 years, 40 years, whatever it is you're going to work your entire life, your entire working lifetime. You're going to put money in every paycheck. You're going to live below your means every single month. You could have had more money. You could have lived a better life, but you're going to live below your means every month for the rest of your life until you quit working, which might be 65 or 70 years old. That in itself is an awful painful amount of commitment, right? That's a very painful amount of commitment. And what have you received? Well, maybe you have a pile of money. That maybe went up in value because of, uh, you know, inflation, 
stock market goes up, wherever you have your money in there, maybe it's gone up a little bit, the, the dollar amount, the number on the piece of paper has definitely gotten bigger each year as you put more money in there. But by the time it goes up and down and up and down and up and down, you go back and say, well, what did I really put in here? Now let's compare that with a, it produces no income for you ever. Now let's compare that to buying a rent house. You buy a rent house and we go buy a 10, 15,000 below market to start with. It used to be 25 or 50,000 below market. But let's just say 10 or 15,000 below market. So you make an instant $10,000 on what? Let's say $25,000 down. So we've already made a 30 or 40% gain on our investment the day we bought it. We own the house. If we want to, we could sell the house for a profit right now because we can. Not in the 401k you can't. Right? Because you have to pay penalties and interest and, and taxes and, and all kinds of stuff. But I could sell the house right now. I could do 1031 and take the capital gain and, and pay no taxes on the capital gain. All right? Or I could hold it and rent it. Now, for 30 years, while you're paying $500 a month into your 401k, my rent house is paying me $500 a month to own it. You're losing 500, I'm gaining 500. That's a $1,000 a month difference in the quality of your life compared to mine because I put 25,000 in a house, you put 25,000 in a 401k. Massive, massive difference. Now, let's go even further. In addition to paying me $500 a month positive cash flow, it's paying my mortgage off. So while by the time you've paid into your 401k for 30 years, you have a 401k that's worth $150,000, $200,000 of money you put in there. I have a paid off house that's worth $150,000, $200,000 that I didn't pay a penny of except the original $25,000. And so I get all that $200,000 capital gains. I can 1031 it out tax-free or I can borrow it out as a loan tax-free. You can't even get to it unless you pay taxes and or penalty or wait till you're 65. Hmm. Wow. So there you go. You pay and have no benefit. I don't pay, and I get benefit after benefit after benefit. Now, think about it. If I can get 500 a month positive cash flow with 25000 you've got $200,000 with equity in your house or in your 401k. Two hundred dollars is uh, eight $25,000 investments. That's eight times five is $40,000 a month. I'm sorry, $4,000 a month. My bad, bad math. $4,000 a month. You have nothing. Nothing coming out. It's amazing. Amazing. Now, think about this. For 30 years, how much is $4,000 a month times 30 years? Right? Ooh, $50,000 a year times 30 years? 10 years, $150,000? 20 years is three hundred. dollars 30 years is $450,000 of cash flow. Not to mention the house is worth $150,000, $200,000. So $450,000, $650,000 on a $25,000 investment. Whereas you put $200,000 of your own money in and got paid nothing during the interim. And at the end, it's worth two hundred, two hundred fifty, maybe $300,000. Not even close. See, what your whole life has been taught to you to be a good idea is a bad idea. Or in other words, as I said in the beginning of the show, all things right could be wrong. And most times they are. 
I saw deal with uh, Dave Ramsey radio show. I listened to a Dave Ramsey radio show, and a guy calls up and says, "Look, um, I just got uh, inherited twenty five thousand dollars from some relative that died, and he said I need to know what I should do. I could pay off my pickup truck, or I could take the twenty five thousand dollars and go invest it." And Dave Ramsey says, "Pay off the pickup truck." Now you understand Dave Ramsey's talking to people that are financially illiterate. That's his clientele of people, right? But yet on the radio, he's sending out that vibe, pay off that truck, get out of debt, pay off that truck. Everything in life's about get out of debt. Whereas if I would have spoke to the young man, I would have said, look, you got a pickup truck payment right now, right? Do you think you're ever going to go the rest of your life without having a pickup truck payment or car payment? The answer is no, you will have a payment the rest of your life. If you pay that car off right now, you have an old piece of garbage, rusting away, losing value. Your 25000 is going down in value instead of up in value. On the other hand, Go buy a rent house. Have the rent house pay you $500 a month positive cash flow and use that to have a brand new truck for the rest of your life. You can go with a lease. You can go with a new one and then sell and buy another one and refinance it. But you're always going to have to pay to live. You're going to need transportation. You're going to need a place to live. You're going to need things, food, clothes, and so forth. To try to get out of paying for them is insane because it's not going to happen. But if you use up all of your money to pay off debt, you have no money to invest. And if you don't have any money to invest, you never get ahead. Whereas if this guy would take in this plan, he's down on an asset that's going up in value. It's increasing in value year after year after year. It's mortgage getting paid off, right? So someday that mortgage would be paid off. The house would be worth 200000 But by then it might be worth 300000 because of appreciation. And he's had a new pickup truck every day for the rest of his life. Or he could have paid off his old pickup truck and it would have worn out eventually and he would have had to get another one, but he wouldn't have the rent house to pay the payment for the truck. What looked to be a good idea turned out to be a bad idea. How about your home? You got a personal residence. It's sitting there. It's sitting there worth maybe 200, $300,000, $400,000 in equity. I took a money, and uh, I put $25,000 into a, a 10 unit and I bought it for 200,000, paid 25,000 down and two and a half years later, it had made $2,000 a month positive cash flow. So that's uh, 22,000, 12, 24,000 a year, two years and 50, 48,000 and a half against six, uh, 54, it made me $54,000 and I sold the whole thing for $450,000. I paid $200,000 for it, so I made another $250,000. This investment right here made really $300,000 on a $25,000 investment. Or I could have had a car. Or I could have had a car. Same thing with your home, personal residence. You're sitting there with two or three or four hundred thousand dollars with equity in your home. What does that do for you? Does it do anything? If tomorrow you lose your job, you can't pay your taxes and insurance, will they take your house? Yes. If you can't eat, you can't go to the house for food. You can't go to the house for gas. You can't survive in a house, they'll take it away from you if you can't pay your bills. So the house does nothing for you except sit there. You still have to pay taxes. You still have to pay insurance. The only thing you've got out of is paying one and a half to two percent interest. Right now, interest rates are so low, you could borrow that four hundred thousand dollars out at two percent interest, and be paying two thousand dollars a year. To, or, well, I'm sorry, two percent per hundred thousand be four eight eight thousand a year on a mortgage payment to your house. Whereas, 
that $400,000 could buy you an apartment complex that might make you a minimum 10% return, 10 on 40, 400,000 be 40 grand a year. So you pay in eight to make 40. Would you pay eight in interest to make 40 in income? If you say no to that, you need to think very carefully, be very carefully about going and getting yourself a shrink or going to find somebody who actually understands numbers. You would pay eight to make 40. Would you pay eight to make 40 a year? The answer should be absolutely, Dell. Where do I sign up? We'll be right back with the Dell Wong's Radio Show. Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we're talking about the concept of where you've put your commitment financially in your life. And have you committed to the wrong belief systems along the way? In other words, you've done it. You got up every day, you walked your walk, you did your talk, you did your business, you went to work, you saved your money, you did everything you were told to do. Yet you're not sitting there worth 50 to $100 million at age 50 like you should be. Where is that 50 to $100 million concept come from? Right? Where, what is going on? Why are you still working? What did you do wrong? What corner did you not turn around? What, you know, where did this all happen to you? I'm sorry, guys. It sounds like there's a bunch of bumping going on here. I'm going to get my microphone fixed. There we go. Hopefully that's better. Apologize. So moving on here, the, the idea, guys, the idea that you could literally have done everything you thought was right your entire life and end up somewhere wrong or not where you thought you'd end up or definitely not where you should have ended up, you could have ended up, that's kind of depressing. So I'm just bringing these points out to you because it's the kind of stuff my brain thinks of. I stick to a plan. I found a plan that worked. Three rules of investing. Number one, never lose money. I know you said it could never happen, but never lose money. Number two, there's got to be cash flow. You don't invest in anything that doesn't pay you monthly, every single month for the rest of your life, or maybe quarterly, but at least pays you you know, regular recurring income. And number three, you can't get rich slow. You cannot do itty-bitty little teeny tiny investments you can start itty-bitty little teeny tiny investments, but those have to grow, and those have to exponentially grow, not just linearly. Not one plus one is two, and one more is three. It's one plus one is two, but two plus two is four, and four plus four is eight, and eight plus eight is 16. That's the way it's gotta grow. You gotta double everything you have every year or two. I look at doubling my net worth every year or two. Now, there's been years I haven't. There's been other years that I've, I'm one year, the year, um, my advertisement, uh, one of them is that it was in the year I was in, in the hospital with cancer. I didn't work for one whole year and I tripled my net worth. That was a good year. <laughs> that was a good year. So um, not every year do I double it, but I sure try to. I'm sure looking at it from that point of view that it should be going up. It shouldn't be the same. Why should it be the same? It should be growing exponentially. You're looking at it, well, I'm at 32. And now I'm 33. And now I'm 34. It's just very linear. That's not getting rich quick. That's getting rich slow. And you can't get rich slow, right? So it's not a matter of quick. It's a matter of it all. If you don't move fast enough, you're not going to get there. We were taught as young kids, slow and steady wins the race. Remember the tortoise and the hare? 
cartoon we watched our whole entire life where the, the hare, the rabbit, in case you don't know what hare is anymore, a rabbit takes off in the race and gets way out in front, gets lazy, stops, parties, you know, hires some girls to go partying with him, drinks, has a great time, wastes all his money, and the tortoise just keeps going and going and going. And eventually, the hare has messed up so many different times that the tortoise ends up winning the race. What they don't tell you about that is at the end of the race, the tortoise dies because he's just done everything he could possibly do. He walked his entire life to get to the end of that line. Whereas the hare's been to the line two or three times, and if he would have been smart, he would have made sure that he didn't lose his money because rule one is don't lose money. But he just never learned rule one. So if you have all three rules, then you have a great life. What's the next one I think is really a bad idea? Have you ever heard the term you need to diversify your portfolio? Warren Buffett calls it diversification. And what does diversification mean to you? It means your financial planner or you, one of the two of you, has no idea how to win. Because out there in this world, guys, there are really seven different investment results. Investment result is 100% gain. Investment result number two is a 20% gain. Good, strong, healthy gain. Investment result number three is make 2% return. That's your savings account. So maybe you have a savings account earns you 2%. Maybe you have a, uh, a rent house that pays you 20%. And maybe you have a house where you rehabbed it and made it better. And so you upgraded it and made 100% return. There's also zero. Actually, one of our children actually takes all of their money. I won't say him or her, but their money and stick it in a pillow. <laughs> They don't even have a bank account. They don't even want anybody to know they have any money. So they've got some ungodly amount of money sitting in a pillowcase somewhere. So that's why I won't tell you who it is. But just dumb as a rock. You say, well, Dell, that's your family. Why won't they listen to you? Because people don't listen to you. People don't listen to anybody but the people they want to listen to. Right? So there are three more types of investments. Those lose like 2% which means if you break even, the taxes on are gonna make you lose 2%. Even if you break even, you lose money. Those that lose 20% because they're just doing poorly, stock market's down 20%, that happens. And then those that lose 100% of your money. Yes, there are deals. There are all kinds of private placement deals that lose everything. They're really risky, that's why they won't let you get into them unless you're a sophisticated investor or an accredited investor. That's why you're not supposed to be able to get into them. But a lot of people mucky around with it and figure out ways to get people in these deals that are just way too dangerous for the average person. And hence, what diversification says is, I know these six different types, seven different types of investments are out there. I just don't know which one is which. So the safest thing to do is put $1 in each one of them. We'll just spread the money out over seven different classes, investment classes, and hope that not all of them will go broke at the same time. Well, they have before gone broke at the same time, right? But more importantly, even if they just do what they're supposed to do, you take $1 on each of the seven different asset classes added together, what do you end up with? $1. That's it. You get 0% rate of return. 0% rate of return when you average amount. The average person in America earns less than 1% on their entire net worth. I've proven it for the last 30 years at seminars. You come to my seminar, I'll prove it to you too. You're making less than 1% a year on your net worth. Man, you don't have to be very good to improve that percentage. In fact, a 100% increase might get you to 1.5%, right? A 1,000% increase might get you up to 10%. 
That's how far off you are. But you don't care. Because you can say the most important thing in the world. I did it my way. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. For listening to the Dell Momsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Momsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.